You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and the aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. Yes, the struggle is real, my friends, but let us help you uncover some of the mystery that is this challenging business of rock and roll. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and I am excited to be here today. As always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, a record label owner, fellow artist manager, and rainmaker, Mr. Mike Mowry. Hey, 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 I gotta love it, man. I was, uh, I got on a phone call with a band the other day, and uh, they were like, oh, it's the co-host from the other coast. I was like, uh, I just knew they were down. I knew that it was going to be a good call. We'll put it that way. Oh, that you know? rules. We can fund this this uh, podcast with co-hosts from the other uh, coast shirts. I like your style. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, in the last episode, we talked about why you don't have a record deal yet. That was an important episode, so check it out if you haven't already. This week, we take some questions from one of our loyal listeners and aspiring artist manager, Zach. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So, Mike, uh, what's new in your world? Tell us a little bit about the uh, podcast conference. Yeah, man, I went down to Podcast Movement, as we all know, in uh, Anaheim, and it was just, you know, it was cool. My takeaways from it were just that it's a really uh, exciting, emerging space, and there's a lot of people from very, very, very many walks of life and professions that are, you know, having a great amount of success in the podcast sphere. So as somebody that is trying to, you know, take... What we've all done, or what I've done in particular, and many of the hosts that are on our network in the music business, and you know, continue to uh, explore that emerging format. It was nice to just see what is working for other people. So, always nice to go. Make made some great connections. Uh, My boy Dewey, who hosts the Pure Pleasure Podcast, which is one of the um, shows on Jabberjaw as well. Uh, He was down there with me. So, yeah, really good time overall. What about yourself? Same old man, just, uh, you know, cranking away, trying to, um, you know, make heavy metal a living, you know, that's, that's all we got. (laughs) It's all we got. Um, have, have at it, my man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so today I think this kind of cool, there's a guy named Zach who seems he's like, he's got a band that he's managing, you know, he's kind of starting off. And um, so, you know, he's an aspiring guy, but he, he found a band. Like, you know, it's kind of like I always said, like, like, you know, like someone asked, like, how did I get started? It's like, well, I wanted to manage bands and I found I found a couple of bands like stupid enough to let me manage them. And then that just kind of, you know, goes from there. Right. So um, so I think he's where, you know, you and I were, you know, some 13, 14 years ago. 
he 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 wants to manage. He he found a, a local band. I guess there's you know some some heat generating on them, and uh, and he had some questions. So anyway, he uh, there's a little bit of an intro here to where he kind of sets up his questions. So I'll, I'll just dig into it now. But Zach, this is how he starts. I understand there are friend managers that take on the title early in a band's career who are only in it to hopefully ride the coattails of their creative buddy's success and not really deserving nor qualified to take on the work and responsibility that comes with being a good artist manager as you've outlined in previous episodes. I am referencing the up-and-coming artist manager who is in the trenches daily fighting the good fight to break their client and handling all business aspects of their career as a champion of their music. The artist manager who is working to create opportunities as well as manage them. With that in mind, the band that I am working with has been approached multiple times in recent weeks by an independent manager as well as an established management company, both of which have bigger resources and better relationships than I could ever compete with. Personally, I would never want to hinder the growth of my client by becoming a barrier to conversations with potential partners due to my personal interest and fear of potentially being replaced. Also, I like to think that someone like me can be viewed as an asset to a potential partner. Either way, I'm very interested to hear your take on it. So here are his questions. And before we get into the questions, I just like to point out that he points out some things in his setup here to where he is a listener of the podcast and is obviously uh, getting something out of it. So I would just like to point out that uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would agree. And, and you know, from reading his intro, he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he feels that he's the guy in the trenches. He's the guy that isn't here just to ride the coattails. He is doing good quality work in his mind for the artist and now is at this juncture where he's got this band that is being, uh, you know, courted by either, I guess he says, an independent manager as well as an established management company. That is the setup. So, all right. So, questions for Blasco and Mike. Number one, did either of you experience this type of situation early on in your careers when your management experience was limited? If so, how did you handle it? Of course. I think, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to think back to when I first started and whether or not any of this stuff happened. And I'm sure that it did, um, though I can't actually recall any specifics um but it still happens to this day in in my world you know and it's even as somebody who is established there's always going to be somebody that is bigger that has promises of bigger relationships has promises of more resources and mind you we have a shit ton of relationships here and we've got a shit ton of resources here so you know, Zach, you're not alone. Even to this date, this stuff happens, you know, probably more than you would think it does uh, on, on my level. What about you, Blasco? It, yeah, I mean, I, this this is just comes with the territory, you know, and and I, and it, maybe it just comes down to a matter of of it taking it as a case by case basis and just navigating the situation as it comes. You know, I mean, sometimes you just get these people that are 
um, unexperienced but think that they know everything. Like um, I, I've had this experience once when when uh, this this like I, I don't know I don't know if she was like an intern or something, but she reached out to the band's lawyer, right, and like talked all the shit about like how I was doing a bad job and how her and, and her new company could be doing all this, uh, uh, you know, s- such a better job. And, and there was X, Y, and Z that they could be doing or whatever and stuff. And of course the lawyer just forwarded it to me. Right. <laughs> and, and then, and then, so I find out who this person is and what company she works for. I go to her bosses and I go, yo dude, these are fighting words, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is how people get fucking hung out of balconies by, by their ankles, you know? And um, and he's like, wait, and, and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this person totally went rogue because she's like a fan, you know, and, and stuff. So, but this is how people lose jobs, you know? But this is also how bands can get poached, you know? I mean, a lot of it too, and maybe you'll agree, really comes down to your relationship with the band because look i don't want to fucking hold anybody hostage if someone thinks that i'm not doing a good job hopefully they'll express it along the way and we can mend the fences as we go along you know but um i think you only find yourself susceptible to having your band leave you or being poached if if maybe like you know i mean look someone can get in someone's ear and and talk a bunch of shit or whatever uh, I, I think that kind of happens, but if the relationship is there, I feel like you know you can be insulated. Also, too, if you have a contract, that tends to help. Yeah, and and so let's take it back to you know this guy's first starting out without knowing who the band is, you know, and just understanding that they're relatively new and have some heat. That is different than some of the other stuff that that I was talking about, and then you were talking about. Um, I can say like. I've been on the flip side of this multiple times and, you know, maybe even to a fault, I like to look at the work that the person has done that is currently handling the band and see if there's a role for them to still play, you know, with the band. And the the best example I can use was when, you know, I found We Came As Romans and they had a manager, you know, who really was a friendager, you know, a guy that was very, very, very interested in helping the band grow and was doing a lot in, you know, on social media. This is the the MySpace era, and he was heavily involved in that. And when he came to me, you know, I tried to look at it to say, okay, how can I utilize him? You know, how can I, I benefit from his relationship with the band and his understanding of, you know, their fan base because he's helped them do all this work. And then how can he benefit from me? Because I've got more business experience. I've got more relationships. And so, you know, I brought him in alongside the band and, you know, for many years it it worked quite well. You know, again, he had the trust of the band that I was still developing and he knew a lot of the, you know, kind of guerrilla marketing in that time period that I didn't have the time to do. I wasn't going to spend hours on MySpace adding friends and communicating with people because I was the one that was then putting the deals in place so the band could go on and actually have, you know, a long-term successful career. So, you know, that's kind of my example of it. And, you know, from what I have seen, 
many bigger management companies don't want to waste their time with that kind of thing. They don't, they feel like, cool, this dude got them where they are. Good for him or her. Have a nice life. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to take on the band. And, and I can understand why they do that in some senses. You know, there is a an onus and an obligation when bringing someone on. Um, but it's not unheard of. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, man. Uh, which is a pretty good segue into number two. Uh, what are your thoughts on co-managing a band? Are you open to co-managing if you believe the person was right for the job? Yeah, so my take would be, yes, something that I'm, of course, open to. Um, you know, what I do here, since I have, you know, a staff and I have resources that become invaluable to an artist as they grow, you know, we, I, I can't necessarily just bring someone in as an equal necessarily, but I can find a way to bring them in and have them still participate. But uh, it is something that I'm open to. Again, I think in talking to many people within the industry, I'm more the exception than the rule in part of, you know, and this is why I do the coaching platform as well as like, I want to be a resource to the next generation of people that you know, are going to run in this business. There's way too many characters that fire up their computer or open up their smartphone and call themselves a manager and frankly don't learn how to do things respectfully and professionally. And I'm trying to avoid that. I'm trying to say, hey, look, you've identified a band. You're doing great work. Maybe, and again, I always approach it as what can I learn from you while you're learning from me. But again, I think that that, I don't think a ton of people in the business are, are open to that in the same way that I am. Flip the script a little bit. Have you, as opposed to co-managing with someone that's bringing something younger in, have you ever co-managed a band with someone of your equal or maybe someone that's like a level up from you? You know, have you ever brought something to someone bigger? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting um, question, and it it is one of those frustrating things, you know, when I've developed artists and maybe the relationship has, has, you know, stalled out, or maybe a band feels like they could benefit from growing and going onward, you know, to somebody that they think is going to do a better job just because they've got larger acts. Um, and mind you, if you look at the history, most of the bands don't really grow any faster if at all, (laughs) than they did when they were here. Because frankly, most of us that that do this for a living are more or less compatible with one another. You know, there might be certain companies that have certain strengths and certain relationships that are better than others. But, you know, part of the beauty of, of guys like you and I is if we don't have an existing relationship and we feel the band needs it and warrants it, we can get that relationship. I will say they're they're you know one of the developing artists on my roster that is a lot more like rock and and kind of pop driven. Um, I do have it's not totally a co-manager, but someone that was involved in and sort of mentoring them, and we kept him in place because he has many of those relationships that we will need and want and can help open those doors or at least have conversations about you know, who we can and should talk to. So yes, it has happened the other way as well. 
Yeah. You know, I think this is also a, um, a case by case basis is like, look, it, uh, as a broad stroke question, am I opening, am I open to co-managing? Yes. I've done it before and I would probably do it again. The, it really comes down to spreading out the responsibilities and like it has to be something to where you would everyone adds to each other's strengths to where one plus one equals four. Like if there was a manager that was really strong at radio, right? Had really good relationships at like active rock radio and that kind of thing, but was sort of weak in the department of like building a, a street kind of cult brand. Like that may be a good combination of for me, right? To where like, I'm not, I'm not strong in the radio department. I'm not even going to pretend that I am, you know, but um, potentially that's, that's a good matchup. So I, so I think it's a case by case basis. I have managed, I have co-managed bands successfully and unsuccessfully. And, it, and it, it's always come down to the splitting of the responsibilities and making sure that you're, you know, that you're, you're adding the strengths to one another as opposed to just doubling up on something that you're both really good at, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and also just, you know, like it's what I don't like to do in any relationship is sort of, you know, keep this active tally of who did what, when, where, and why, you yeah. know? And, and I've been in those situations and it's not always, you know, with other managers, sometimes it's with a label where it's like, well, you know, I got this tour. What are you going to do? And I never, I always like to approach things from we are a team and each member of the team has value. There might be certain members on the team that are, you know, uh, bigger players in any, at any one particular time. And there might be, you know, hopefully in the case, oftentimes with the manager, you know, that they're the biggest player all the time. But it doesn't always, you know, work that way. And so, I don't know, I guess my overall point is, you know, relationships are a tricky thing. And, you know, you do have to remember that this is a business. And, you know, a lot of the larger companies, you know, they're, they're looking at things like, okay, how how is it that I'm going to take this artist and really grow them? And if you're a young manager who's involved, and yeah, you may have done a lot, they're saying, well... You know, am I going to have to grow you as well? Not only am I going to have to look out for teaching the act, you know, the artist things, but am I also going to have to educate the manager along the way? And some people just, you know, they don't really have the patience for it or don't have the time for it, frankly. Yeah. Number three is sort of uh, an extension here of uh, branching off of number two. Have either of you taken on a band who had a less established manager on their team? And so my answer would be yes. Um, and yeah, I'm assuming the the questions, not only have you taken on the band, but have you brought the manager on as well? Um, that would be yeah. how I'm interpreting this question. And my, my answer would be yes, but you know, I am more hesitant to do it than I was in the past. And part of it, you know, if I go back to the We Came as Romans example, you know, I was you know, I don't remember exactly what year that was, but it was probably, you know, eight to 10 years ago. So I'd had three or four years of management experience under my belt. And now, you know, I'm much further along. Um, it doesn't mean that it, it can't happen. There's actually another artist that I'm working with who has a manager 
um, that came with them. And, you know, again, I look at it as, you know, the band has conveyed to me that they are very appreciative and thankful of where this manager got them. And I have to recognize that the manager got them to a point that I paid attention, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so I have to be respectful of that because had the manager not done his job alongside the band, I would have never noticed them, you know, and paid attention to them. And so, again, I think I'm probably the exception instead of the rule. I want to reward that guy and, you know, hopefully groom him into somebody that can either A, pick up more acts and we have a partnership on them or B, if I find acts that, you know, I think need somebody who can handle them, you know, he might be able to fill, you know, some, some, some of the responsibilities of that role. Only time will tell whether that happens or not. Yeah. I have not done this. Um, I, I suppose I would given the situation, if anything, like what I've done or what I would continue to do is, I feel like in these situations, at least in my experience, neither the band or the manager are are ready yet. But um, I would, I would take someone under my wing, under like s- some advisement of like, hey, look, here's uh, let me let me give you a few pointers to uh, go out in the world with, and and see what happens. You know what I mean? Tr- try X, Y, and Z, and and see what happens, and come back to me in a year and let me know how that's working. Um, because even though a year sounds like forever, it's, it goes by like really fast, especially in the case of like, you know, bands, right? Because a lot of times what I find is the manager guy, the young aspiring manager guy potentially has all his shit together and he's motivated and, and, you know, he wants to kill it. I find that the failure a lot of times comes within the band, right? Because dealing with one guy is is way less challenging than dealing with four to five guys. You know, I feel like I feel like you give a situation like that a year and you'll really see if the band guys have what it takes. And from my experience, typically those things implode um, because it's just, they're just not ready, you know? So I, so in these cases, I, I like if, 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 if Zach was coming to me, right. And he's going like, Hey man, I got this band. And, and like, would, would you be interested in partnering up? Like I would, t- I would go like, look, this is where you're at. In my opinion, you should do X, Y, and Z to help build the brand up a little bit, because I, I don't think it's there yet. You can cut your teeth a little bit more and you can see if these band dudes are cut out for it. Do this over the course of the next year. Hit me up in a year. If for some reason you fucking killed it in that year, then, hey man, then there's a conversation. Or if you've killed it in six months and someone's already came in and, and swept you up into a better situation, that's fucking awesome, man. Good, you know, good for you. There's, there's enough to go around for everybody. So that would be, uh, that would be my advice to, uh, little Zachy here. Yeah. And it's a great question, and you know I'm I'm stoked that he felt comfortable enough asking. And it's fun for us to kind of talk through some of these things. I realize that you know each specific instance is probably going to um, to warrant a different response. But I think in general, you know, it sounds like we've got relatively overlapping tastes. And again, I think part of why you and I even started this podcast is because we want to educate 
and give, you know, the younger people, whether they be in bands or managers, you know, a place that they can go to for us as, you know, go to as a resource. Yeah. And look, and I'm, I, I'm only in a, in a position of encouragement. Like whenever I was, whenever I first, I don't know about you, Mike, but whenever I first started out, man, like I was getting like a lot of like, you know, like pats on the head, like, oh, that's cute. The bass player dude like wants to be a manager, you know, like, like, I, I mean, there was, there was definitely a group of people that, that were encouraging and that mentored me along the way, but the bulk of the people, like I had to earn that. I had to earn their respect, you know, and I get that, man. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like looking back on it and go, fuck those people, man. Like, but like, that's also part of the fuel to, to, motivate you to prove them wrong right like i mean there was there was a significant part of my life when i woke up only to prove people wrong (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i think that's a great point and and you know again like i talk a lot about rules and exceptions and i think the rule is a guy who's playing bass in a band that decides he wants to manage probably is gonna wash out after a few years why because it's challenging to do you know, and you had some early successes, but you also had some early failures, as we all did. And there's not a lot of people that are, you know, ready to, to take that on. And in this day and age, I mean, you know, I think it's even harder to get started now in a lot of ways. So there are, you know, people, whether they be in bands, ex-members of bands, whatever it may be, that don't quite understand exactly how challenging this job and even just this business is so so i get why people kind of patted us on the head and said oh yeah best of luck but yeah we we knew there was something in us you know that that told us that we could do this and that we would do it no matter what people were saying which is why you know we have earned the right (laughs) other than the fact that we bought microphones and record this (laughs) and produce it ourselves. But we have earned the right to sit here and talk because we could have easily been dudes who said, F this, this is freaking hard. I'm out of here. I'm going to go do whatever it is that, you know, isn't, doesn't seem as hard. That is not meant to discourage because just like you, I am one to want to encourage, but I think my overall point here is just, Zach, if you really want to do this, right, and for others of you out here who want to do it, first and foremost, you know, there's a very interesting article that I will link in the show notes, and it's when Lord fired her first manager, and it talks about how, you know, the first manager is the one that is going to care the most. There is no doubt about that. Zach has the relationship, you know, with this band where, hey, Things are cool now. They're on the up and up. Other people are are feeling great. And so the band, you know, feels excited. But what happens, you know, when the hype goes away, you know, and the one of the dudes, you know, injures himself uh, halfway through a tour. It's not to say that, you know, the, the second manager or third manager or fourth manager or fifth manager can't care, but I guarantee you that the first manager will be the one that cares the most. That is a fact. Well, that concludes episode 34. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. 
we encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com just like Zach did because hey people we do this show for you consider it a tool for understanding this ever so challenging and confusing business of music if you have listened this far much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands Mike any final parting thoughts no, Zach, thank you for writing in. It's a fun uh, topic to discuss with Blasco. For those of you that are out there listening to this, please uh, rate and review us wherever you are listening to podcasts, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. Uh, that would go a long way for us. And if you'd like to find me on Instagram and Twitter, you can go to Mike Oloop. And if you've been listening to many of these episodes, you will hear... If you follow us on socials, you will see where many of the inspirations of in, in the intro, when Blasco introduces me and calls me a manager and record label owner, and then he inserts one third thing, something typically taken from my uh, recent social media posts. So, little word to the wise out there. Thanks, everybody. Having a blast doing this, and um, see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Eleven.